0: Thank you for listening to Christian Family Church Podcast. Here at CFC, our mission is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this week's message.
1: Today we're going to have some baptisms. And uh, I'm going to invite those that are getting baptized to come now. And just uh, maybe you want to grab your towel and uh, just prepare yourself. Um, and We've already read about what happened on the day of Pentecost when Peter preached the gospel and people responded. And they said, what should we do? And he said, repent of your sins, turn to, turn to God and be, be baptized. And being baptized alone doesn't save us. But baptism is a a time of declaring that we have put our trust in Jesus Christ. And as we see people baptised, as we see these guys baptised this morning, they're not getting baptised to be saved, but they're declaring publicly this morning that they have put their trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. And this morning we're celebrating with them and it's not just a, a, a symbol, but it's a powerful thing to, as we come to the, the, the tank over here and we let them go down into the water and we're going we're gonna to bury the old nature in the water and as we lift them up out of the water, we remember that they have been raised anew with Christ, that they are new creations in Him. And uh, for you guys getting baptised today, it's a day you can point to and say, I've made that decision, I publicly declared it to the world, that's, that's what my trust is in. And you can remember this day as a, as a powerful reminder of who Jesus is in your life. So. I'm going to ask these guys to come up on the stage, guys. Come, don't, don't, don't hide down there. <laughs> and uh, let's let's give them a hand even before they start. Yeah. So we've got Rob, we've got Dave, we've got Frank, we've got Archer. And uh, Rob, do you want to lead the way? <laughs> we didn't sort out an order beforehand. I'm just going to put them on the spot. Maybe we'll let, we'll do it in order, here we go, one, two, three, four, there we are.
2: <laughs> like the lambs to the slaughter.
1: Oh, turn on, yep. <laughs> Hello everybody, can you hear me? Yep, can you hear me now? Maybe it just needs one, two. <laughs> turn on, yep. Yep, there we go. <laughs> Hello everybody.
2: Uh, my name's Rob. Robert, I've been called many other things, but Whoops. that'll do.
1: Hang on, here we go. Number four. One, two, one, two. I've got a microphone that doesn't work. <laughs> this one is coming through just very gently. One, two, one, two. Can we turn it up, can we? There we are. Okay. Firstly,
2: let me say, I've never done any sort of public speaking before, so bear, please bear with me. I thought we could start with a short prayer. Lord Almighty, the one true God, Jesus, and Jesus our Saviour, I pray that you are here with us all here today on this special day. I pray that you will give me the courage and the strength to deliver my testimony well. I pray that what I'm about to say is a benefit of those here today as it is for me. All praise and thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. Okay. When I was a young child, I was raised by my mother, who was and is a devout Christian. I attended church every Sunday with her and I also attended a worship group every Sunday and was an active member of that, of that um, youth group. I was like a child learning to ride a bike with training wheels. As I grew up, my faith grew. I began to develop a more in-depth knowledge of Christ and form a close relationship with him. I was like that child now riding that bike without training wheels. Still a bit wobbly, but riding along. With Jesus being like a proud father, with his loving and watchful guidance, I rode along. When I learned about Christ in my youth, or to ride that bike, I allowed Jesus to direct and guide me along the right path. It was a difficult, bumpy path with challenging hills to climb. Jesus was always right there with me. As I grew into my teens, my school life became unbearable due to teasing and torment. Looking back now, I see that it was because I was different from the other kids due to my strong, faithful upbringing. But as a result, I slowly drifted away from my faith, I left school and home and went out into the world. I was drawn into a life of worldly things, of darkness and sin. I was still that child that learnt to ride the bike. I learnt how to ride it and I knew the benefits of it. The world showed me what I believed to be a shortcut, an easier way, without the work required to ride that bike. But without Jesus, I was sure to crash and eventually I did. Without Christ's loving, guiding hands and allowing him to direct my path, I, was, I always had the feeling of something being missing in my life. I had an emptiness within me that nothing could fill. I had a longing for something which nothing of the world could satisfy Throughout my life, God never abandoned me. He was always there, although I did not see, hear or feel him, I was lost. When I was in my late 40s, after a marriage breakdown, I prayed to God for help. Although it was good that I prayed to God, it was never going to bear any fruit, for I was unable to tear away from living the same worldly life which would always lead me to failure. For the next year I continued living the same forsaken life alone and God was sending me messages and signs that I could not see until one day I heard him. He told me to change my ways and return to him. So I broke all ties with my sinful life and began praying for forgiveness and direction. Shortly after that, and I mean shortly, very shortly after that, God brought a lovely Christian lady into my life who encouraged me me to find God. With her, I started to hear him. And, and see the signs he was sending me. I felt a strong pull to find a church which led me here, praise God. The Lord guided me to buy a small house in Kororuk, run down and neglected. The agent said, a great block of land, knock the house down and build a new house. Not for me. I believed that this was a challenge from God. The house was the same as my faith, run down and neglected. God's challenge to me was to rebuild the house and my faith and make them both great again. Now with praise and thanks to my Father in heaven, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, I've been led back into his loving hands. Riding that bike wasn't that bad after all. I'm home, back where I belong, and look, Mum, I'm riding the bike with no hands! (laughs) (laughs) Now, Andrew asked me to find some scriptures that I felt had an impact on me. And, well... They're all in here. Every single one of the scriptures in this Bible has the ability to change and to save. It holds instructions to a fulfilling, peaceful love and also includes the meaning to life. Hallelujah. Now, when I think, about, I think about Saul, or Peter, as he became known, or Paul, as he became known, Saul was a major sinner and a persecutor of the early church, and he was present at the time of the disciple Stephen Stoning, and he condoned it. Until Jesus directly, and physically appeared to Saul on the road to Damascus and changed his life and direction forever. Now, unfortunately, physical appearances of Jesus are, as it was in the early church, extremely rare. In fact, to the best of my knowledge, the last recorded appearance was to John some 70 years, years after Christ's ascension, leading up to when John wrote the book, Revelation. However, Christ Jesus still does directly intervene in our lives. Standing right here in front of you, is the living proof? I was lost, and now I'm found. Now, I did find a couple of um, a couple of verses which I thought were relevant to today, uh, and this exciting and special event for myself and others here um, have Ephesians. Uh, 21 through to 24. As As the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct and the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. How that is so true for everyone. And then furthermore, Ephesians 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Wake up, you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you the light. And then... Not much longer, guys. <laughs> Just one more. Which I bring to you to Psalms 18, 1 through to 3. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. Thank you, everybody. Amen. Thanks, Rob.
1: Good job. Fantastic. And uh, Rob, first came, it was... Right at the start of COVID, just before COVID. I'm just trying to think. We God's been good, doing good things even through COVID. Amen? Amen. All right, I'm going to hand over to Archer. Now, I think mum sort of said, I should hold the microphone. We're not going to trust you, Archer, to hold the microphone and uh, share what you wanted to share with us today, mate.
2: Hi, everyone. For those that don't know me, I'm Archer. I've known God for the past three or four years. I've been wanting to get baptised because I want to invite Jesus in. To
1: my life. Yeah, good on you, Arthur. Fantastic. Frank, over to you. I just want to say, too, that uh, we are no uh, limit of age. When a, a, a child comes to know God of any age and they know that Jesus is their Saviour, we're excited to see them baptised. Thanks, Frank.
0: Thank you, Andrew. Good morning all, how are we? That's good. Um, I'm very excited to be up here uh, this morning, uh, a little bit nervous and maybe slightly teary by the end of the, uh, the testimony, so we'll, we'll see how we go. Uh, my name is Frank and I've been coming to this church just prior to COVID, which is now going on over two years ago. And it feels like I'm part of the furniture now and I felt very welcomed when I, went, when I first attended the church. I'm married to wife Deb and we have three boys, Will, Charlie and Toby. I was brought up a Catholic and attended St. Brendan's Catholic School and was also an altar boy and attended Trinity College. As years went by in my late teens, I still believed in God and did not really spend time with God or prayed much and only occasionally went to church until eventually I stopped going. My time spending with God and praying was fading away and I did not even realise it. When I was 20, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, a debilitating chronic disease of the intestinal tract, which I had it in the large bowel, and being a, a young fella, I thought, she'd be right, a few tablets, and I'd be right again. This disease I had was ongoing for me for over 20 years. I would have, I would have a lot of flare-ups for many years, trying different medications, hospital stays, and many, many colonoscopies. A lot of times during flare-ups, I was afraid to go out, and if I did, I always made sure that there was a toilet nearby, and there were many times I didn't make it in time. With this disease came the mental illness. With always feeling unwell, thinking, is this the best I'm going to be? Then came a time when I was 42 that virtually no medication was keeping the disease under control and there was no option other than surgery. This was going to be a big change in my life and unknown for me, but I had to go with it as I was unwell and I could not keep going the way I was. With, with having surgery, all my large bowel was removed, my bottom stitched up, and one of these, a stoma. I was going to be stuck with this for the rest of my life. Do I actually like it? No. In fact, I hate it most days. But I also feel so grateful and thankful, as there are a lot, of more, lot more people worse off than me. As years went by with my new stoma, I was feeling well and pretty much able to do everything I wanted to. I changed jobs, starting my own fencing business, something I never would have done if I I still had the disease. Business was going well and I started a habit of grabbing a coffee on my way to work and getting to know two people at the coffee shop. As I had planted the seed for my reuniting with God, and I also had become very special friends of mine. It was then I realised that with my surgery, it was in God's plan for me to have the surgery to give me a new life, a second life. And I'm truly blessed that God has given me of a new life. Amen. Three main things I wanted to do when I joined this church... Reunite my relationship with God. Make new friends and to be the best person that I can be. To be Jesus-like, to be a disciple of Jesus. I may be a little fella, but with a big heart, a kind heart. Amen. (laughs) To my wife, Deb, and the boys... I thank you for the love and support you've given me in this journey of mine. And I keep praying that maybe one day you will join me in this journey. I love you guys. To my dear friends of the church, Thank you for the love and support you've given me there. You've given me. There were many times I felt just, just like walking away, but I'm glad I didn't, showing my faith to God. The church, this building, it's not just a building, it's my second home where we come together every week and we worship our God. We build fellowship, we sing and we pray. So today, God, I commit my life to you, whatever comes my way, whatever plan you have for me. I know you will be right beside me to guide, to listen, and to answer my prayers. Mm. And we have a time for prayer. Ephesians 2, verse 4 to 5. A God of grace and love, because of this great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with christ even when we were dead in transgressions is by grace you have been saved father sometimes i convince myself that i need to earn your salvation i feel like i should do more be more and achieve more but you simply want my faith help me let go of my striving and this need to perform for you and for others I know you want more than good deeds and religious acts. You want my belief in your promises. You are a a God of grace and love. Your well runs deep, and there is no limit to your mercy and forgiveness. You seek reconciliation with all your children through faith in Jesus. Thank you for cancelling the debt I never could have paid for, crediting my faith as righteousness in Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: And Dave, yeah, say a few words.
0: Um, Hello, my name is David. Um, I'd um, 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 I'd like to thank Andrew, um, all the parishioners. Um, I'm a bit... bit, um, Tongue tied today. Yeah, um uh, it's a long time coming. And um I was brought up an Anglican. Uh, I went to the Anglican church for several years and
1: that. Uh, you know. Yep, that's good. And uh, Dave Dave didn't said he was wasn't feeling keen to say anything this morning, but thanks for sharing that Dave and I just wanna Yeah. <clears throat> I just want to say it, it has been a long time coming for Dave because it was during COVID we talked about the fact that he said, I haven't been baptised. What do I have to do to be baptised? And I said, well, let's do it. When we get out of COVID and we have a baptism, Dave, let's do it. And uh, it's been a long, long time coming, but Dave's just been really keen and waiting and it's an exciting day today to, to see it happen. So I want to invite any family or friends to... Yeah, um, <clears throat> want to invite any family and friends to feel free to come come up closer and uh, be be right up where you can take a photo or just see the see the tank over here we'll move things out of the way a little bit and try and make it as as visible as possible Um, kids if you want to come up closer feel free Um, we make sure we don't let the kids go out to kids church before we have baptisms because it's such a such a special time together and uh, maybe mike do you want to Can I get Mike to come and just uh, help us out over here? Maybe we'll we'll go in the same order we did the testimonies in, maybe. Rob, you ready to go? (laughs) I wonder how many people make lists. Who's who's a list maker? Like, I wonder who made a list in the last week, like the stuff you're going to get done today, this week. I I am a list maker. I've been a list maker, I don't know, I I should ask mum and dad, a, a long time, apparently. Probably when I was four or five, my, my, my grand said, he's going to be a manager one day. He just likes organizing things. And anyway, I love making lists, but I wonder, has anyone have ever had that time? Maybe it was back in 1985, maybe it was in, back in 2003 or some moment that just something strange happened. Has anyone have ever, 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 ever had a list that you've made, you've, you've written out all the things you needed to do and you didn't quite get it done? Okay, anyone who put up their hand the first time and didn't the second time, I think you're possibly lying. Um, But I I am so aware that so often I make lists, and I think I make lists to make lists sometimes, and uh, I just don't get through it all sometimes, and it's frustrating. This morning, if you've ever struggled with that, that that desire of, here's all my things to do and I just don't have enough time and it's just life, is just too busy... I feel like this message is for you today. Uh, We're going to open up our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. Oh, fantastic, it's still there. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. And if you've got a Bible, I encourage you to open it up. It's on the screen, but I encourage you to open your Bible and be able to underline things and circle things as we read through together. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. It says this, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. It's really Uplifting start, isn't it? (laughs) Once you were dead because of your disobedience and many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. You know, we have a a real enemy, one who who prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking, seeking to steal, kill and destroy. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. You know, we are all sinners who deserve God's judgment. Every one of us has been born into this world of sin. And I mean, if you've seen a two-year-old, a three-year-old, they snatch and they grab and they say, no! I'm not just talking about this morning at home, but uh, like if you've ever seen a, a child, if you've ever seen yourself... We, we snatch, we grab, we argue, we fight, we, we're selfish. We are sinners who deserve judgment. But, let's read verse 4. But God is so rich in mercy. And I think Frank read, read this just before. God is so rich in mercy and He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life. When he raised Christ from the dead, it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Now, some of you, as I've read that, you've heard that last phrase, and that's what you've grabbed onto. God's got good things for us to do. And you're going, yeah, there's good things for us to do. We're going to do good things for God. This is exciting. We're going to do stuff for God. I'm like, yeah, but hear the rest of the passage too, please. I beg you, hear this in context. Hear Hear what Paul is trying to say here. Because I've got to be honest, I think there's other of us in the room and you, you hear that God's got good things for us to do. And you're like, oh man, are you serious? Is there more stuff to do? It's like my to-do list, my diary's already bursting at the seams. Andrew, I don't want more stuff to do. As I said, I think God's got a message for you this morning, if that's you. God is a loving father. God is a loving Heavenly Father who knows us completely, who loves us completely, and He is good. Some of you maybe haven't had an awesome earthly Father. You know, none of us are perfect parents. We haven't had perfect parents, but God is the perfect, most extraordinary Father in heaven who loves you completely, who knows everything about you, and He is good we have all sins all sinned but god so loved the world that he gave his only son in verse 4 it says god loved us so much he is so rich in mercy that jesus came and died in our place you know god's desire his heart is every time we think about him every time we think about what he did on the cross that we would see that we would remember that it was him saying to us, This is how much I love you. This is how much I love you. I'm giving everything for you because I love you and I want you to come to me. He will not turn a single soul away that turns to him. Rochelle and I were watching a show through the week, and it was one of those shows where the guy falls in love with the girl. And the guy just starts doing stupid things to try and help the girl see that she, he likes her and he stuffs it up and then she thinks she hates him and and then she does these stupid things to make him realize that she actually likes him and, and they're all doing these crazy things and, and then the sparks fly and then they do some other stupid thing and maybe it feels a bit, a bit like our lives sometimes. We do things, we try and express our love and it all goes crazy and... but. It, when we're in love, we do crazy things for people. When we're in love, when, we, when we, maybe it reminds you of your um, engagement or, or courtship or that time of your life, it certainly does mine, and, and, and you do things because you love that person and you want them to understand your love. And it might seem crazy to you if you don't understand or you've never really thought about what Jesus did, but he loves you so much that he gave his life on the cross for you. It says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. <clears throat> There's a story in the Bible uh, by, about a guy named Nehemiah. and Nehemiah was taken as a captive into Babylon. One of the people of um, Israel Judah. No one going to, no, I, was going to, I was waiting for the throwback. Anyway, <laughs> he was taken as a captive into Babylon. And, uh, you know, actually as a slave, he was probably, he was pretty, he had a pretty cushy life as a slave. He was a king's cupbearer. And he's, he's serving the king his cup. And it was a privileged position as a, as a slave, as a servant in the, in the household of the king. And he would have been looked after. He would have been well fed. He would have been well dressed. So he, that he could come before the king and, and look presentable. And he was in a privileged position but one day he hears word about how the city of Jerusalem is in ruins the, the home of his ancestors the home of his people the the city of God he hears it's in ruins and and he is just overwhelmed with grief he is so stirred he is just he's in agony hearing about what's happening in Jerusalem and then one day he, he comes in to serve the king his drink and in this moment the king sees that he's he's in grief, and says to Nehemiah, what's wrong? Is there anything I can do to help? And I think in that moment, Nehemiah's heart was beating and jumping out of his chest. Out, of, It was like that moment, your heart's in your mouth and you feel like you're going to vomit. Because I think Nehemiah knew that if he said this and the king didn't like what he said, that his head would be gone. It would be his last dying breath before the king that day. But he says to the king, you know, the city of my ancestors is in ruins and I long to go back and rebuild the walls. And basically the king says, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to empower you to do this. And he writes letters and he sends him back. And it's been about 100 years that the city has lay in ruins. It's just It looks like it's never going to be rebuilt. But Nehemiah goes back and in 52 days the walls are rebuilt and it's not because there's no enemy, it's not because there's no opposition, they've got swords in one hand and they're working with the other hand, they work and it, it happens in 52 days, what hadn't been done in 100 years. And I share that story this morning for this reason, because I feel like some of our lives are a bit like that city, that it feels like it's been 100 years and the walls have been broken down, the, our city, the city, our lives are in, in turmoil, it's just, it's just rubble and broken But what we couldn't do in a hundred years, God can do in a moment. You may feel like that broken down city, that you feel like nothing is ever going to change this, Andrew. This is what's happened in my life. It's always been like this. And I cannot change it. I've tried. But... Just like Nehemiah, in God's timing, in his strength, he went back and rebuilt the walls in 52 days. God can rebuild your life in 52 days. He can do it in 52 hours, he can do it in 52 nanoseconds. <laughs> Sometimes it takes some time. But God is able to do what we could never do in 100 years. He is faithful, He is good, and He is loving. He is able. You know, we were dead in our sins. But Jesus came to save us and make us his masterpiece. Why don't you have a think about that for a moment. Think about a masterpiece. Maybe your picture of a masterpiece might be different to the person beside you and what their picture of a masterpiece might be like. Maybe it's a painting. Maybe it's some amazing sculpture. Maybe it's some piece of of crafted wood that's a beautiful masterpiece. Who creates a masterpiece? And you think about that, that painting, maybe you think about the, the, the Mona Lisa or whatever painting you've got in your mind and this, this masterpiece. Does the, does the painting, kind of the canvas, does it kind of sit there on the shelf and one day it goes mm, blue and like pops out some blue and go mm, green and pops out some grass. Like A, a masterpiece doesn't create itself. A masterpiece is created by a master painter, a master builder, a craftsman. It's created by the Creator. And we have been created anew in Christ Jesus. We are His workmanship. We are His masterpiece. We don't try and squeeze out some more good works for God. Oh, we going to do this for Him. God is the Creator of all things good. He is the one who has formed us anew. He has made us his masterpiece. We don't create ourselves into some masterpiece for his glory. It's by his grace that we become new. Have a listen again to what it says. Actually, can we find verse 4 of Ephesians 2 again? Sorry, guys. Ephesians 2, verse 4 says this. But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. We were that messed up artwork that we tried to do when we were whatever age you were, when you did that painting and you just put so much paint on there, it went black. We were black. We were We were a mess. But verse 6, it says, For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Listen to this. Because we are united with Christ Jesus. How do we become his masterpiece? How do we become that new creation? How do we be for the glory of God? We become united with Christ. And how do we do that? It's simply by putting our faith in his finished work upon the cross. We become united with Christ when we put our faith in what he has done for us. And you know, if I'm brutally honest, this week I have made my lists and I have been overwhelmed by the things that I'm trying to get myself to do and thinking God wants me to get all these things done. And as many people as I've met with through the week, I think, God, I wanted to meet with this person and that person and this person. I want to get that done. And I'm going to be honest and say I have allowed myself to be overwhelmed by things this week, by my to-do list. But I don't become God's masterpiece by doing the things that I think I should do for his glory. I become his masterpiece by simply surrendering to him every single day and saying, God, have your way in me today. Because I make my list, I make my... my plans and I, I try and do these things and and more more often than not the things that i feel like god's stirring me to do but day by day we need to surrender those things to god again and say god here's my isaac you've given this to me but i'm, I'm giving it back to you I'm, I'm laying it on the altar and saying god have your way in me today Because let's be honest, if we don't hand over our lives every single day, we're going to try and do and do and do for God. And we get anxious, we get overwhelmed, we get worried, we get stressed. And we're not much of a masterpiece in those moments, are we? I'm I'm not. God wants to create you anew again today. And every day while it is called today, God wants to do something new in you. And simply as you surrender and you say, God, here is my life. Here are my desires. Here are the things I feel you've called me to do. I'm laying them before you and I say, God, just lead me today. Lead me in this moment. And if we truly surrender, if we truly hand over our life, we will have a freedom and a peace and a joy that is unexplainable. We will have a, a, a lightness about our life that nothing can weigh us down because my life is in His hands. And I've got to say, Rochelle's out in Bub's church this morning, but Rochelle has just been such an encouragement to me this week in just handing over those things. And we need people around us that just remind us, don't try and be the masterpiece. Hand over what you're doing and let God take what you have and just be for His glory. Just be for His glory. I have notes here. I forgot to read them. Anyway, (laughs) do we put that point up? We are united with Christ through faith in His finished work. It is done, it is finished. And I just want to encourage you this morning stop striving to become something for God's glory and simply surrender to what He's done for you. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to invite the band to come, and I just want to read one last passage from 1 Timothy, chapter 4. I wish I could say that I lived every single day like this, but I'm preaching to myself this morning. 1 Timothy, chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last time some will turn away from the true faith. And to be honest, I feel like sometimes that is that we just try and do, do, do. That is not the true faith. They, they will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars and their consciences consciences, consciences are dead. <laughs> they will say it is wrong to be married and wrong to eat certain foods, but God created those foods to be eaten with thankful, thanks by faithful people who know the truth. Since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks. For we know it is made acceptable by the word of God and prayer. And Paul says to Timothy, if you explain these things to the brothers and sisters, to one another, if you encourage each other in these things, Timothy, you will be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus. One who is nourished by the message of faith and the good teaching you have followed. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good. I went bike racing yesterday and physical training would have been really, really helpful. (laughs) But training for godliness is much, 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 much better. Promising benefits in this life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle. For our hope is in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and particularly of all believers. Teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. I want to read that again. Do not let anyone think less of you because you are old. Do not let anyone think less of you because you fill the blank. What are you blaming yourself for? What are you worried about? What have you done that makes you want to hold back? Don't let anyone think less of you because of your struggle, of of what's happened, of what you've been, been thinking about, what you've done in the past. But be an example to all believers. In what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Until I get there, focus on reading the Scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. We are changed day by day by the Word of God as we come to Him, as we surrender to Him and allow Him to do His work in us. Church, I want to encourage you today, trust in Him. Surrender to Him every day, today, tomorrow, and every day. Trust in Him. My final point, let Him be your comfort and your confidence. Don't put your confidence in what you can do, what you have done, what you will do. Let your comfort and your confidence come from Him. Let's just pray together now. God, I thank you that you do not call us to come and do great things for you. But God, you call us to come to your great love, to accept your love in our life. To acknowledge that you are the one who gave your life upon the cross for our sin. That you gave your life to pay that death penalty for our sin that we could never pay. And God, I just pray today that you would release people from the burdens that we have allowed to be placed upon us that you would release people, God, from the burdens that we've placed upon ourselves of things we think we should do, we, we have to do, we must do if we're going to be a good Christian. God, I just pray today that you would lift those things off people's shoulders. You would take that weight off people's lives. And Lord, I just pray that you would help us to surrender. And Lord, I just see this beautiful artwork being uncovered just as you take away those weights of our own desires our own expectations god that as as you take those things away from us the beautiful masterpiece is revealed that your joy your peace your kindness your gentleness those things will begin to shine through like we never thought possible god i just thank you for leading us for helping us Lord, day by day just to surrender To surrender and to surrender again. And Lord, when we mess up, to surrender again and just to praise you all the more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. We're going to sing this song as we finish this morning. I love you, Lord, and your mercy never fails me. And then a bit further down, it says, And all my life you have been faithful. And with every breath, that I am able. Sometimes it doesn't feel like we have any breath to sing, it doesn't feel like we've got any breath to do anything, we just feel so like life is so full. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. God, I want to live for the goodness of God. I want to breathe and, and, and meditate day by day in the goodness of God. And I want to invite you this morning to stand as we sing this song. And Lord, help us to surrender, even as we sing about your goodness, about your mercy. And this morning, maybe you just want to raise your hands and surrender as we sing this song, as you hand over your life to him again this morning, as we remind ourselves of the goodness and the faithfulness of our awesome Savior in heaven. Thanks, guys.